We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition a tailgate, and we are getting ready for OU Texas. That's right, tomorrow, or depending on when you're listening to this, maybe later today, inside the Cotton Bowl State Fair of Texas, the cir- the pomp, the circumstances, the pregame shows, game day will be there, Fox's game day show will be there Oh, cannot wait until the Sooners take on the Longhorns at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. So we're going to spend about the next 45 minutes or so getting you ready from as many different perspectives as we possibly can. You'll hear from Kyler Murray, Kenneth Murray, Marquise Brown, plus Toby Rowland sits down with the play-by-play voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And I had a chance to catch up with Norman transcript writer Tyler Palmatier. So we got a lot to get to. Thanks for downloading. As always, you can find us at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. However you consume podcasts, we have you covered at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And don't forget, we'll have the post-game pod up uh, hopefully by Saturday evening. Hopefully by about 9 o'clock on Saturday night as we make our way back from Dallas for OU Texas. So be looking for that. But again, thank you for making September our biggest month ever in our short history of this podcast. We hope to continue to grow. And as always, anything you want to hear about, anything you want us to get into, hit us up on Twitter at OU on the air. But I think it's obvious what we want to get into today. And that's Oklahoma, Texas, college football, Saturday, 11 a.m. We'll be on the air at 9 a.m. with the Sooner pregame show. And of all the different shows we make available here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, 
we always post our Coach's Corner. And this week, our guests on Coach's Corner were Kerry Cooks and Bill Biedenboe. And again, I don't play favorites, but this may have been our best Coach's Corner that we've ever had. And part of it was just to hear both of these coaches talk about OU Texas and how they prepare their players for the unique nature of this matchup and not shying away from the idea or the fact that it's a little bigger than the others. But listen, listen to what Bill Biedenboe said about OU Texas and what it means to him and what it means to his guys. Yeah, yeah. To sit here and say it doesn't would be a lie. I right. mean, it, it obviously is. You, you prepare and you practice basically the same way. But, you know, you always see the intensity amp up. You know, <laughs> practice is different. Guys are getting after it. I mean, coaches are. It is a different deal. And, and we don't hide from that. You know, you got to go out there and practice and prepare the right way. You know, you got you know, you to do all those things that it takes to win games. But we understand how important it is. You know, it's important to us as coaches. I mean, we know how important it is to the people in the state, OU fans, players that have played here. I mean, it's the biggest game in college football. It's the biggest game that I've been involved with. So, um, yeah, it's different. And then here's Kerry Cooks with a similar message, but also that passion right there. And, you know, a lot of coaches will say, well, this is just an, another game. You know, we don't treat this as another game. This is a different game. So, you know, this is like just two boxers standing in the middle of the ring, you know, <laughs> and they're just lugging it out. So anything goes. And, and I, I think that our guys are, are, you know, the way that they're practicing and, and the way that they understand this game, I don't, I don't think that – that it's it's a shock, you know. So they're prepared for everything. Anything can happen in this game, and anything will happen in this game. The last two seat, the last two games have come down to the final play. You know what I mean? So it's been it's been crazy. So the coaches are fired up. What about the players? Let's start with Kyler Murray, the Allen Texas product, five and zero, seven touchdowns last week. We caught up with QB one and started by asking him how he's feeling after what was a pretty rough game Saturday from a physical perspective. I feel good. Um, I thought it was a you know a good overall team win. Um, offense, I think we came out and you know did what we wanted to do as far as you know kind of executing you know for four quarters defensively. You know they played well, and then special teams just keeps getting better and better. So I think it was a good team win. How much do you feed off that whenever the defense is playing well and you see the big special teams plays, which not only gets you points but great field position too? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it gets us going, you know, really easy. Um, you know, like that first drive, you know, when they uh, cause the turnover and, you know, we get good field position, uh, does a lot for us. You know, that's something we've been striving to do, uh, playing good complimentary football. When did you kind of have an idea that things were opening up for you on Saturday? What, did you see it in the film as you were heading into Saturday or is it just the confidence you always have? I think that's the confidence we have going in, you know, into the game. It's offensively, you know, at the University of Oklahoma for the past couple of years now, we've been pretty, pretty uh, explosive. And, you know, that's the that's the goal here and that's the standard. So, you know, it's our job to keep it going. Everything okay with you health-wise? I know that there was a constant work and throwing the ball on the sideline. You feel good right now? Yeah, I feel good. I think I was I was fist pumping too hard. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, a little tweak in the shoulder. But other than that, yeah, it's good. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. You've been so good at getting down and being smart with your body. How do you prepare for that? How do you practice? How do you work on that? Uh, I don't really do it during practice much just because, you know, they, they don't hit the quarterback in practice. So I got the blue jersey on. So that's that's good there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just something I've always, you know, learned to do, um, was taught to do, you know, get down near the quarterback. You don't get hit. Um, you know, I've, I've watched it my whole life growing up. You know, quarterbacks don't really get hit on Sundays. And when they do, obviously, you know, there's a flag throwing. Yeah, something like that. So I, I just try to stay as safe as possible. I know it's a natural question you'll get a lot this week. But being an, an Allen product, 
around the Dallas area. Does this game have a little extra juice for you? Um, I, I think, you know, when you go back to Texas, yeah, it's uh, it's just different, you know, being home, uh, especially last year and the year before that. I went back and, you know, watched when I was redshirting. Um, you know, the, the atmosphere, the vibes around the game is, uh, you know, it's it's like none other. So it's definitely going to be a little special for me. Um, but at the same time, it's just another game. And, you know, we got to go out and execute and get the job done. Can you take me through final question, the confidence you have in your receivers? It feels like wherever you put the ball, they're going to go up and make plays. You got playmakers, you know, all, all in that room. You know, that whole room is full of playmakers. Um, makes my job a lot easier. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad they're on my team for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of physical performances, Kenneth Murray has been the best linebacker in college football the last two weeks. We checked in on his recovery from Saturday as he gets set for OU Texas. Uh, I mean, he's going pretty good. Not as bad as it was, obviously, Army week. But, um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, recovering pretty good. You know, had a good recovery the last couple of days. So I feel good right now. I'm ready to get on, you know, get ready for a big game this week. Can you take us through the importance of recovery? Because Curtis Bolton talked about it after the game, and maybe you know it was something that he struggled with last week. How important is it? How big of a focus is it for you? Um, yeah, it's real important. You know, with the amount of snaps that I play, you know, sometimes I play, you know, almost 100 snaps. Like I me mean, last week, I played like 90 some snaps. So you know, playing that amount, of, that amount of snaps, you know, definitely taking care of my body is something that I, you know, I, I take pride in. It's something that you know I have a routine that I go through. And, you know, just going through that routine and, you know, scaling it up a little bit if I need to and scaling it down a little bit if I need to. But just, you know, I pretty much know my body, you know, know what I need, you know, from a weekly basis. So, you know, just taking care of my body so we can have great games on Saturday. Did you like what you saw on the tape when you reviewed Saturday? Uh, as far as my play personally, <laughs> I was I was a little, little mad, um, obviously. I mean, I missed four tackles. Um, I mean, I felt like the protection for myself was, you know, had 17 tackles, but I should have had 21. So um, I really was really, you know, bummed out of myself. But overall, I think as a defense, you know, we played good. You know, we came out there and we fought. And as a team, I think we came out there and we fought. And I mean, as long as you get the debut, that's the only thing that matters to me. Um, for me, it's winning. That's all I want to do is win. So, you know, I was happy the way that the whole team fought, and I'm happy that we got the win. 45 stops the last two weeks. I know, as you said, it could be a few more. But personally, you are a perfectionist. But how do you feel about where you are individually right now? Uh, I'm, I'm feel like I'm just scraping the surface, to be honest. Um, I feel like it's some areas I can get better in, some areas that I'm doing pretty good right now, but it's definitely some areas that, that I can get better in. That's what I'm really focusing on right now is just trying to take my game to the next level. How about your job as a leader? Ratchet it up a little bit whenever Kenneth Mann's not out there. And when you go out for the coin toss, the captains, two guys aren't in uniform, one guy's done for the season. How challenging was that without not just a key playmaker, but a lot of key leaders on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you, you never want to see your guys out there in street clothes, um, definitely before a game. But um, it's definitely something that, you know, that I noticed and that was made, um, brought to my attention just about like how, you know, a couple of our captains were not dressed out. But at the end of the day, we have great leaders. I'm, we have great leaders on the team, not just myself, but it's many other leaders on the team. So, you know, we, we had a leadership aspect and, you know, everybody was, you know, locked in on what they needed to do and stuff like that on their P's and Q's. So, you know, we ended up coming out with a W and that's, I'm happy with that. Being a Missouri City guy just outside of Houston, was OU Texas something that you followed when you were growing up? Yeah, for sure. Definitely a game that I followed a lot growing up. So it's an honor to get to play in it now. And then, so what was that moment like for you when you stepped on the Cotton Bowl field last year, and how much do you look forward to it? Uh, I look forward, man. It's a surreal, surreal <laughs> environment. Um, it's an environment that's just it's crazy. So, you know, you look forward to making plays on, on, on in games and in, in, um, ah. <laughs> you just get excited when you think about it, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, oh, my God, just. <laughs> 
just thinking about it, man, it's just, you know, that type of environment, you just making plays in there is something special. So I look forward to having a big one this week. Now, let's go on this. How exciting was it to see Caleb not only get back out there but perform the way he did on Saturday? Uh, it was amazing to see him go out there. You know, he's been going through what he's been going through, but he's never got down on himself. He kept working, so I'm proud of him. He got his opportunity this week and was able to make the most of it. And from the defensive side of the football to the offensive side of the football, Marquise Brown continuing his pursuit to be a complete receiver. The dude grinds away. We asked him how he feels about the progress that he's made in his push to become an absolute complete receiver. Uh, it's just been, you know, consistency, consistency and, you know, just taking it day by day and taking each day for what it is, a day to get better, another opportunity. A lot of that is the confidence you have in your coaches and your coaching staff. What has Dennis Simmons meant to you as a mentor, if you will? Uh, he's meant a lot to me, you know. He, he has elevated my game, you know, he, he's taught me a lot of things and just outside of football, he's always there for me. So he, he means a lot to me. You know, Kyler's meeting with the media right now as we talk, but what have you seen in him and his growth as a starting quarterback? Had a pretty good one last year, went number one in the draft in Baker, but what have you seen from the growth of Kyler Murray? Uh, just, you know, his tenacity and his will to win out there, you know, third and 12. You know, his ability to extend plays and, you know, go get that first down just, it hypes us up and, and it makes us want to play better, you know, and it makes us, you know, want to block more for him. Speaking of blocking, it's a pretty nasty block stone on Saturday. Point of pride for you guys, isn't it, at the receiver position, your downfield blocking? Yeah, you know, we try to have fun with it, you know, blocking, just especially when you see one of your brothers like running, so you want to make the block for him. Did you want to try to race CD down the field too on that play or were you good with just letting him know that you, you, you could have caught him if you wanted to? Yeah, you know, I did my job and he ran down. I just hope I was just glad he didn't get caught. <laughs> hey, take me take me through your touchdown uh, on the slant pattern. What opened up for you? What'd you see on that play? Um, no, I just I just seen you know a lot of open open room in the middle. I knew my offensive line was gonna come pick up their blocks. Creed Humphrey got like an amazing block, and I just you know they they did it for me. I just ran in. Hey, I'll let you go on this. It's an obvious question. It'll be asked a lot. But this this weekend, OU Texas, you're a Florida guy, but, I mean, I know you've traveled all over the world. Does it mean a little extra to you? Do you sense that it's more for the Sooner Nation, if you will, when you're playing Texas? Oh, uh, yeah. I got that since uh, last year that this is real. It's going to be a big game, and I'm looking forward to it. What was that like for you when you stepped out on the Cotton Bowl field with half crimson and cream and the other half burnt orange? Uh, it, it was a moment I won't forget. You know, I didn't know, you know, how big it was. But, you know, once you really get there and experience it, then you know it's a real thing. And you keep bringing up things. Maybe want to ask one more. Confidence level in this offense right now, sky high. You guys feel like you can score on just about anyone. Where's that confidence level right now? Uh, our confidence level is, you know, in our guys and Coach Riley. You know, it starts with them. You know, we believe in Coach Riley first. So we know he'll put us in the best position to be successful. Great stuff from Kyler Murray, Kenneth Murray, and Marquise Brown. Let's cross the Red River, shall we? We hand the mic to the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, as he catches up with Texas play-by-play -play voice, Craig Way. Craig, what's your favorite part of this game? Uh, this is going to sound crazy. Uh, I think the favorite part of the game to me is when the fans march in. Uh, watching, you know, with whoever's the home team, and in this case it's the Sooners this year, so Texas fan, the uh, we'll come in first, and then Oklahoma's band will come in, and and I get a you know a big kick out of seeing uh, 
uh, the Longhorns roll in uh, or the Texas band roll in big birth of the big drum. They being then seeing uh, the drum major for the Sooners throw his head back and, and bring that strut onto the field. I think it's great. It's all part of, of uh, what is it? Pete Jackson used to say, Oh, the color and pageantry of college football, but it is. And, and there's a lot of that when you're, uh, when you're doing a game that's like this. And, and I'll tell you the other thing too, Tubby, and I know this means a lot to you to see the stadium exactly halfway split down the middle crimson and cream in the north end or the south end and burnt orange and white in the north end and uh there's no place else in college football or any level of football where it's exactly like that and that's what truly to me makes it special from that opening game against maryland till now what has texas improved the most uh, I would say probably, well, the, the biggest improvements and the quickest improvements came on the defensive side, although I think everybody expected that. That that was probably as mind-numbing as anything else uh, to, uh, to the coaching staff and to the fans was to see the defense play as poorly as they did because Todd Orlando did a fine job with them last year, and they really ramped up uh, – after the, the first game of the year, which was Maryland. And then they played well pretty much the rest of the year. And and then they had, even though they'd lost some key pieces, obviously, they still had a lot of experienced guys coming back. And I think they expected them to just pick up where they left off. That didn't happen in the first game. There were a lot of mistakes made, especially uh, in the first quarter. And then again in the fourth quarter, they played well in the middle two. But uh, they had things they had to shore up immediately. For the offense, it's been a slower move uphill to get where they want to be, and they're not there yet. You saw flashes of it against USC in the second half and TCU in the second half, and and in the first half maybe a little bit against Kansas State, not in the second half. So that's still the work in progress going on. I thought Sam Ellinger played really well in this game a year ago. Um, but if he has improved as a quarterback, how so? Where? Compared to a year ago, make sure. Well, he's making less mistakes, Tubby. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He, uh, uh, you know, the the things that we saw from Sam last year, and not quite as much in the game against the Sooners, but in the games, the ones that really come to mind are Oklahoma State, uh, Texas Tech, even West Virginia. Game Texas won on the road. Were the what I referred to as because the coaches called them this the catastrophic mistake. Uh, you know, make a make a gigantic uh, play and then turn around and have a huge turnover with an incredibly costly interception late in the game. It happened in the game uh, against Oklahoma State. They were in overtime looking to drive in and get the winning pass and and uh, or get the winning score, and they had it down inside the ten yard line, and he forced a pass in the end zone it was intercepted. Whereas they could have uh, at the very least tied it and sent it to a second overtime without. The huge mistakes. So it was that uh, he had two huge fourth quarter interceptions in the home loss to Texas Tech, uh, but he, he but he played better uh, in the bowl game, and then he had one of those gigantic mistakes on the final drive against Maryland, and that's the last one he's thrown since then. He hasn't had a turnover since that uh, fourth quarter late in the game interception against Maryland in the three home games against TCU. He was tremendous. And, and managed it pretty well last week against Kansas State. Uh, he's out there, Toby, because they feel 
he gives them the best chance to win, and he can make plays for them. And he's done that, some, but he's also learned to manage things a little bit better. Other than Ellinger, if Texas is going to win this game, who do you think is a could be a difference maker for them? Either side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing that we've seen in the history of this game, Toby, on both sides, uh, for both the Sooners and the Longhorns, is a difference maker at running back. A guy, you know, have a huge run. You know, seeing Rodney Anderson make a, a big run in the past. Obviously, uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, for the Sooners, seeing some big Quentin Griffin, clearly. You know, the, the big difference is there uh, at running back. For the Longhorns, you, you know, you go back through the files and you, know, you think of, uh, yeah, sure, an Earl Campbell comes to mind, but other guys that come to mind uh, are, are guys like a Jamal Charles as a freshman. Uh, and and I think uh, Keontae Ingram has that type of difference making ability. Now he's been a little banged up. He had a he had a bone bruise against USC. It kept him out against TCU, and then he played. Uh, he, he came back and has played better. Uh, but he's uh, and he had a little bit of a hip thing, so he he hasn't been a hundred percent. But when he is, he's got some pretty exciting moves to him. He's the kind of difference-making kind of guy, at least for the Longhorns. Last question. Uh, Craig Way with us, uh, play-by-play voice for Texas. What do you think is the biggest concern for Tom Herman and Texas about Oklahoma going into this game? The guy taking the snap from center. <laughs> and, and, and I got to know Kyler Murray a little bit uh, when he was – when he was uh, playing uh, quarterback at Allen High School, I called all three of his state championship games on television, and uh, he was a special player then, and there's no question that he's a special player now. I mean, Tubby, you talked to me in great detail about him when we saw him on the baseball field when the Sooners and Longhorns were playing baseball, uh, and, 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 and clearly the Oakland A's think he's pretty special as well, but my goodness, the things that he can do on a football field, it reminds me the way he's playing now reminds me of the way he was carving up high school football defenses. That's that's very impressive to do that. And uh, and I know the, the Longhorn coaching staff is mightily concerned about how they defend him and how he makes everybody else around him better. And that, that's going to be one of the, the great challenges of Saturday, no question. Great stuff. Craig, what time do you guys come on on Saturday morning, the pregame show? Uh, our, our network pregame is 10. Now, our flagship – Goes on four hours prior to kick, so there's all of that kind of stuff. You know, you, you know, the, the two of us are living in a week where there's where it's wall to wall nonstop stuff on our on our flagships and on our uh, and all our affiliate stations and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of that going on on the on the ramp up to it. Craig is an amazing person, and can't wait to see him on Saturday. But good stuff from that Longhorn side of things. Well, we joked about all the different pregame options that you have on Saturday, but every Sooner fan at 10 a.m. will be watching Sooner Sports Game Day, and it's a product of the producer Jacob Potter, who gives us some points to keep an eye on and some things he's looking forward to talking about on Sooner Sports Game Day. There are plenty of storylines to get into on the field, but on the sidelines there are some things to watch as well. It may only be his second season, but Tom Herman is under some historic pressure. In the past 100 years, only one Texas coach has lost his first two meetings against the Sooners. And here's another hard-to-believe nugget. With Sam Ellinger starting this weekend for Texas, it will mark only the second time ever that Mike Stoops has prepared for the same starter two years in a row. 
You have to go all the way back to Chris Sims in the early 2000s to find the last time that Mike Stoops was familiar with who he would be facing. Now the show is loaded this weekend. Teddy's going to break down how successful the Texas defense has been, and Gabe will help us sort out Oklahoma's running back rotation. Plus, how real are Kyler Murray's Heisman hopes? There will be several pregame shows on TV this Saturday, but if you want the official pregame show of your Sooners, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Oklahoma at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Saturday morning, Fox Sports Oklahoma, thanks to Jacob Potter. All right, let's wrap things up. Norman Transcript, sports editor, Sooner beat writer, Tyler Palmatier, myself and Tyler McComas from Sports Talk 1400, sat down and talked to Tyler Palmatier on Thursday, and we started by asking about storylines that maybe have kind of caught his attention over the last couple of days preparing for the Red River rivalry. No, it's, I feel like for an OU Texas week, it's just been, uh, I don't want to say quiet and something's going to happen in the next two days. Um, but, like, you know, you had Lincoln being out. So, Kale Gundy, was he did the presser, which is a little different. But it, I think it was it was not a very well-attended presser anyways. So, I mean, it's an, this is one, it feels like one of the bigger OU Texases in a while, but I don't feel like – I don't feel the extra buzz like maybe I should. But it's certainly I'm, – I'm excited for the game. I mean, there's a lot of – with Texas, I'm – having bounced back from that season opener, uh, that loss, um, and getting into the poll. It wasn't going to take much to get them into the poll because they don't have to do much to get into the poll. Um, but, I, you know, the team's both ranked and it, the game meaning a lot. Um, I think uh, Sam Ellinger is, is better than he was a year ago, so I think he might um, – he'll, he'll swashbuckle a little bit more, so to speak. And, and then you've got the Kyler Murray narrative. I think it's a lot – there's, there's just going to be a lot to to watch Saturday, and um, it should be a great game. Tyler, you tweeted out something interesting uh, earlier this week, and you relayed that OU's opponents have scored on 16 of 16 red zone opportunities this season. Now, you look at the flip side of that. Well, who has the worst red zone offense in the Big 12? It's the University of Texas with a not-so-nice 69% so far on the year. Something's got to give on Saturday, right? A bad red zone offense against a bad red zone defense. It, it has the coaching staff said anything as to why defensively they haven't been good in between the twenties, or, or do you have any theory as well why that's been the case? You know, I don't really know. I think, um, and I just is off. To, this is just right off the top of my head. You know, it, I haven't really. I didn't. I didn't dig into that statistic any more than just what I found in the, you know, in the, in the statistic there, but. Army certainly hurt that number a lot, right? Because they ran because uh, of what they did in the red zone, and they just weren't going to – oh, you just had trouble stopping them. And so that was a team that had a lot of success scoring touchdowns in the red zone. But I don't know what you could attribute that to. Um, you know, maybe they've been good against the run, and teams haven't thrown it around on them. There haven't been big chunk plays, you know, thrown in from the 20-yard in. I, I wish I had a better answer, but um, – I'm not sure, but I think it's definitely going to be a question worth being raised after this week if Texas has a lot of success. If Texas can put, you know, if they have a great uh, rate in the red zone, especially scoring touchdowns, I think you've got to start wondering what, what OU's problem is there. Fair question. OU, by the way, has been really good with the red zone offense as well, too, so Good offensively, not so good when it comes to the defensive side of the game. So let's talk injuries. I don't know what you've heard. I haven't heard much at all about Kenneth Mann or Ryan Jones or Ben Powers. I don't know how severe things were with Neville Gallimore at the end of the game. Tyler, I, 
Have you heard any buzz at all about the injury situation heading into Dallas this weekend? No, I almost, I almost have a hunch that there's a good chance those could be precautionary. It was such a physical game against Army, which a lot of people downplayed. But um, I think all, at the same time, um, they knew that the next, you know, the game against Texas was going to be big. And I think giving those guys a little bit extra rest and then getting some extra snaps for people, that was obviously a focus you saw with uh, with Caleb Kelly playing most of the second half there for Curtis Bolton. You saw some guys getting breathers. Um, there's a good chance they could be they could be getting those back, but I don't know that for sure. I mean, Lincoln Riley didn't sound that confident last week talking about Ben Powers and Kenneth Mann specifically. Whatever happened with those guys happened. Maybe it happened late in that late in the practice before Baylor. But, um, no, those are guys they've got to get healthy. When you talk about the offensive line, uh, you're talking about a run game they're trying to get going, and uh, Ben Powers is a big key to that. Now having Jonathan Alvarez is really important. That makes – you know, I, I know him losing that center battle was probably really disappointing, but, uh, you know, to have a guy that can just fill in there at left guard is so important for Oklahoma now. Um, but still, I mean, having a Ben Powers there, somebody who's even more experienced, is probably ideal. And then, obviously, what Kenneth Mann brings to the defensive line, uh, those are those are big pieces. And that's not to discount, you know, a Ryan Jones either, or um, you know, or a Gallimore. Tyler Palmatier is our guest. He is the sports editor and OU football beat writer for the Norman Transcript. And I want to touch on a couple guys that we hit on last segment. And you mentioned the running game just a, just a second ago. Are OU fans going to see Kennedy Brooks more moving forward? Or are they going to see Trey Brown more moving forward? And, I, and I'm, what I'm including is this Saturday against Texas. Are those two guys going to play a, a lot more than they have here uh, up in these previous five games? Well, I think you'd have to just be – you'd kind of have to just be guessing. On Trey Brown, he's uh, hes grading out really high, I think, when you look at some analytical sources that put out numbers on him. And then just – not just that, but just the pass breakups alone that he had last week. I think he had somewhere between four and six pass breakups, something like that. And um, he played really well. I think he's got to he's got to be making a push for more playing time. But um, Mike Stoops just said the other day that, you know, when kind of pushed about that, that they just have a they have a three person rotation there at cornerback and um and maybe they just want to rotate like that but I think he's definitely Trey Brown specifically probably more than anybody is pushing for more playing time he he looks really good uh, out there right now guys and then Kennedy Brooks I think you could start seeing him more um, as he gets comfortable I think he's a candidate of somebody who could really turn the corner uh, kind of like. Not, not quite like Rodney Anderson did last year. That For somebody to do what he did last year would be really surprising because of how good Rodney Anderson ended up being down the stretch. But he could be a guy who has uh, sort of a low-key um, upswing like Rodney had last year because he's getting his feet wet. Um, he'll start getting some more reps. And you you kind of saw what he could do. He's the guy that has the, has the ability for those long, explosive-type runs he has a little more burst than Trey Sermon has. Um, they probably have a little more trust in, in Sermon, but but Kennedy Brooks is slowly starting to get there, and sometimes the light the light switch just comes on for guys, and, and it happens for him. So he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on this weekend, and uh, I think he's he's making a push for some playing time as well. 
he gets up field too. That's I, I like that about Kennedy yeah. Brooks. He doesn't. There's not a hesitation, man. When he gets the ball, he goes. So I I'm with you on that. Hey, there, there's one other. I guess you could say kind of conversation about the offense that I've had quite a bit this week, and maybe it's because last week's game was on ESPN. Uh, maybe it's because it was a true kind of Big Twelve attack. But everyone seems to finally start realizing, hey, number one is pretty good. You know, Kyler Murray's pretty special. Tyler, has he even exceeded your expectations? Has there been anything about what Kyler Murray has done at quarterback that has kind of shocked you so far this season and how seamless this has been from Baker to Kyler? Yeah, all of it. I mean, I'm. this was everything I think everybody hoped Kyler Murray would be after maybe like six games, I sort of, I sort of envisioned him starting slow and there being some pickups to start. Uh, and then maybe he could get to this level later in the year or, or midway in the year, but he just came out of the gate in mid season form. Um, and I, you know, maybe, I, maybe people on the inside of the, uh, of the locker room and, and on the team weren't as surprised. Uh, but for us, for me, I just I didn't think he'd be this good this quickly, and it, may, it mainly has to do with his efficiency. You know, if he had big numbers by this point and they were just force-feeding the ball, you know, if they were just forcing everything and just throwing up loads of attempts and it was about volume, that, that would be one thing. But uh, his efficiency and, and how accurate he is and he just is so under control, that all of that, uh, just the whole package, um, it has surprised me. And, but the athleticism part hasn't. I think we all knew he would be he would have that ability to not just run around. I mean his his speed at times is is alarming. He's as fast as it, it when the players on the team say you know he's he and Marquise Brown are neck and neck speed wise. I don't think they're really lying. Uh, Kyler Murray just goes, and that's the thing that we're just it, he's going to do it. He's going to have that ability all year. Is when a play breaks down, everything goes wrong. He has that. There's that chance that he can get a 15 yard gain out of it. So that part hasn't surprised me. But everything else, just sort of the how crisp he's been, uh, has surprised me. I think it shows. I think the extra year seeing behind Mayfield really helped him. Last question for me, Tyler. What's your Thursday feel in this football game? I, I don't know if you've already come out with the final score or not, but uh, what, what are you kind of feeling as we're less than 48 hours until kickoff? I kind of like OU by a touchdown. I like OU in the – I kind of like OU 35, Texas 28. Um, but it's going to be pretty interesting, the score, because, you know, uh, these are, this is kind of unofficial. I was looking over it earlier, but um, in, the, in the Riley era, since he came as offensive coordinator, uh, OU has been held to less than 30 points six times, and, and they're two and four in those games. And Texas has done it twice to them. Texas has kept them below 30 on two occasions um, and won one of those games. And it, OU, since Lincoln Riley came, has been held in the 30s 10 times, and they're 9-1 and one in those games. So Oklahoma kind of just, wow. I mean, everybody kind of hurts, or not hurt, everybody kind of uh, rails on their defense, but because of how good the offense is, they're capable of winning games in the 30s. If, if, you, if they can get 30 points, their defense is usually good enough to hold teams off and win. But uh, when they – when they get down a little bit lower, that's where that's where the defensive deficiencies kind of prop up, and that's where you know it's just harder for them to to stop teams and, and win. And uh, Texas kind of has a propensity of 
or at least the last few years, you know, it's kind of it's kept this game low scoring at times. So uh, it sounds kind of obvious, you know, score more points, score score higher, and maybe win. But that's kind of what they have to do. Uh, this will be the best defense and the best secondary they face. So I think they've got to play this game in the 30s, or at least get themselves up there. To, and it'll increase their odds a whole lot more to to leave Dallas with a win. Action packed, unpredictable, but an absolute blast. That's OU Texas. Everyone that's driving down, be safe. If you're listening on your way down, thanks for making us a part of your weekend experience. Be loud. Be proud. Enjoy one of the greatest environments in college football if you're heading there. Enjoy one of the greatest scenes in college football if you're getting to watch at home. Again, we'll be back with a post-game show late Saturday night, so make sure you subscribe at Soonersports.tv slash podcast so you can have it delivered directly to your iPod, if anyone uses an iPod anymore, your iPhone, your iPad, whichever way you consume podcasts. Have a great game day. Have a great weekend. And until the post-game show Saturday after OU Texas, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.